The show that takes you home. The Homestretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City. 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome to the Homestretch, ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, 1510.com, and Facebook Live. Live in studio on a, turn in to be a beautiful Friday. And guess what? It's still Red Friday. When the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, every Friday is still a Red Friday. And every Monday is still a Victory Monday. A lot to get into today. I want to go down the 2023 free agent list for Kansas City. We'll dive deep into it as the season progresses. We get more numbers. But I want to at least do an initial dive into the free agent class uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. But before we do that, I want to talk a couple other things. First, let's start with DeAndre Hopkins. This has been the big question I've been getting asked uh, a ton on Twitter. Uh, I've been seeing folks in the Kansas City media getting asked about this a lot as well. It's DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of the thought process or the numbers I've seen have said, oh, just give a second rounder. But it's not that simple. If you look at his contract, you're, you're sitting here going, all right, I might entertain a second rounder for DeAndre Hopkins. He has two years left on his contract, right around $34 million. So $17 million AAV for a guy as talented as him. You're sitting here saying, well, that seems like a pretty darn good deal. Look what Christian Kirk got. And I know Christian Kirk's been the number that everyone always points up, but I do think that's because that's the way wide receiver, the market's going. I think the Jaguars were first, and it was shocking. But look around the NFL now. I would say Christian Kirk lived up to that contract, at least in year one. Look at what Tyreek Hill got. Look what Devontae Adams got. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be 31 when the season starts. That's getting up there in age. He's obviously not the uh, healthiest guy anymore. He's had a few injuries, and not only that, he obviously got busted. Was it for PEDs? Yep. Uh, allegedly? I, just, I, I, don't, I don't. Six games. He yep. missed six games. But when he's healthy and when he's on the, on the field, he can still be a game changer. 717 yards, 64 receptions with dudes like Trace McSorley throwing him the rock. Now, I can, I can be swayed both ways, right? I, I'm not going to sit here and say if you are adamant one way, you're a genius. If you're adamant one way, you're, you're stupid. I'm not going it, to—it's ne- it's not as simple as that. Because you can make the argument either way, and I will entertain it. But where I stand right now is I, I would say no. Because even though he does have two years, 17 mil per season, and you're sitting here, that seems like a fair price for a second rounder. What did you get with the second round of the past? You've gotten Breland Speaks. You've gotten Juan Thornhill. You've gotten uh, McCole Hardman. You've gotten Creed Humphrey and Nick Bolton, right? So you've had, you've had some, some huge hits as well. And I'm not saying McCole Hardman or the others aren't, for example, McCole Hardman. I'm not saying that was a bad pick. Because people never bring up the fact that Andy Isabella, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, and there was one other wide receiver drafted before D.K. Metcalf. No one brings that up. He was a fine player. The point is, DeAndre Hopkins, your betting man, going to be better than whatever you draft in the second round. But that's not what the conversation here, that's not in totality what we need to talk about. you got to take the contract in, the extension, and how he fits. The Chiefs have just shown they don't need an elite wide receiver to win a Super Bowl. Outside of Tyreek Hill, which Tyreek Hill, he was top five. 
maybe even top three, you can make the argument. Travis Kelsey is still there, but we're saying strictly wide receiver. What's the next best wide receiver Mahomes has played with? Nicole Hardman. I'd probably say Sammy Watkins. Watkins, I did forget. And I might say Juju Smith-Schuster, just based on, but I think it's a fair point. The point is, and it remains, outside of Tyreek, he's not had a uh, plethora of elite guys. Right. And what's the offense done? What's he done? Gotten better and better every year. Exactly. Now, I've also seen the argument of, well, DeAndre Hopkins is the same age, similar situation as Randy Moss. No, it wasn't. Randy Moss signed a one-year, $3 million deal. Wow, that's it? I believe it was a $3 million contract at the time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That was more of a prove-it deal. Right, right. This is not a prove-it deal. This is the guy who wants to rip up his contract, get extended. Yeah, and that's the thing that worries me the most. He's going to want to get paid again. If you did not pay Tyreek Hill who was younger and had a connection. And you can say whatever you say about the locker room stuff. I, I don't care. We're talking football performance, right? You didn't pay him. He's clearly, at this point in his career, more talented than DeAndre Hopkins. If you didn't do that, why do it now? You made a good decision to have a more well-rounded team. You focused on the offensive line. You focused on the defensive line. If you want to pay LeJarius Need, if you want to pay Chris Jones, who Chris Jones came out and said he wants to be at least the second paid highest defensive, or at least interior defensive lineman, uh, he probably won't get Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald's contract is just far and away better than any, or more expensive than anyone else's. But he wants to get close, right? And you'd probably say he, he's earned that. Yeah. But you need him, in my opinion, more than you need DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, yeah. Hopkins is fun, it's flashy. Getting an elite wide receiver is always the sexy move. It's going to cause a ripple throughout the fan base. I understand. Yeah, the name is very enticing. I to get a it. A lot of people. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying you're an, you're an idiot if, if, you, if you want DeAndre Hopkins here. I would like him here too, but it's not that simple. The contract, and again, the second rounder I actually don't have that much of an issue with. The Chiefs have so many young players from this past season, as well as a lot of draft picks coming up. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not in the business of getting rid of second rounders, right? Because not every single draft pick is going to hit. We know that. The point is, I think the Chiefs made the long-term decision, and they need to stick with that game plan. To me, you have three cornerstones that you have to have for the current iteration of this Chiefs team. Eventually, some dudes are going to retire, and then it's going to be uh, Mahomes, and who, who's the next superstar around them? But it's not going to be DeAndre Hopkins at 31 right now. You have to have Mahomes. You have to have Kelsey. You have to have Chris Jones. I think Chris Jones at this point has locked himself up as a necessity for the Chiefs. Legereus Sneed is making that case. Nick Bolton, I think, is not quite there, and a part of that's because it's, it's linebacker. I think that, that position, just the value middle linebacker is not as valuable as a pass rusher, especially an elite interior pass rusher. Right. The reason why LeGarrius Sneed isn't quite in that level yet for me comes down to the Chiefs have done such a good job drafting and developing cornerback talent, unheralded guys. Speaking of unheralded, LeGarrius Sneed was an unheralded guy at a college fourth rounder. They've gotten great production out of McDuffie, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson. Uh, they found a way to get an undrafted guy in Traverius Ward, parlayed that into a massive contract with the 49ers. They developed him into what I believe, I know people always rip on me for this, I think Traverius Ward is a top 10 corner. I know people are laughing right now saying, no, he's not. You look at consistency. You look at game in and game out. 
I think Shavarius Ward, when he left Kansas City and now in San Fran, you look at some of the underlying numbers, you'd probably say he's at least top 15, bordering top 10. I've always been very high on Shavarius Ward. I like the style he plays. But they developed that. If you can develop talent like that, I understand the case of maybe you trade Legereus Need. I'm not saying you do that. I don't want them to do that. I would like Legereus Need back here. And frankly, I'd prefer Legereus Need over DeAndre Hopkins if that's what it came down to. Point is, there are other players on this team that need to be paid that are more valuable than bringing in a 31-year-old wide receiver, who, again, I still think is a great player. I'm not saying DeAndre Hopkins is washed, but if you look at some of the aging curves for these elite wide receivers, would you say A.J. Uh, AJ Green was elite at one point? I'd bring up Julio Jones, too. Julio Jones is the next one. Julio Jones is three years older right now. Okay. But Julio Jones fell off right around this point. Right. I don't think... It would behoove Kansas City to do it. They brought him in. I'll be happy, at least for that moment. Yeah. And the Chiefs have deserved the benefit to be praised. They've hosted five straight AFC Championship games. They know what they're doing. When they do bring him in, the first question I'm going to ask is, okay, Hopkins in, who's who's out? Who are we neglecting to to pay now? And I've heard people say, well, just release Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Don't bring back or don't re-sign McCall Hardman. I understand the thought process, but it comes down to you have to have guys. You need bodies. Not only that, you're putting all your eggs now in a 31-year-old. You're putting all your eggs in a guy who wants a new contract. Now you can make the case. Again, I'm trying to keep this as level-headed as possible because I understand both sides. If you're saying he wants a new contract, but what if he comes to Kansas City to play on a winning team? Right? On a winning team. Arizona, not a winning team. I'll entertain it. But he keeps saying he wants a new contract. I don't think winning or losing is going to have that much of an impact. We've talked for multi- multiple seasons now about free agents who keep, we keep saying, well, they'll sign here because it's a winning organization. They'll take a pay cut for a ring. We haven't seen that. Judas Schuster finally did, but it wasn't a pay cut it's because he had no other options. Right. Remember the year before they tried getting him, and he even said the Chiefs offered more or a other team offered more, and he decided to stay with the Steelers. I wonder if any of those report card grades that I talked about yesterday were a reason why. But sometimes I think we put so much emphasis on winning, and while we as fans understand that, if you're a player in that situation, you can get offered 2 or $3 million more per season. That's tough. I'm not going to say it's an easy decision. I know it's a lot of money, but also think about how much 2 to $3 million more per season does for, for you and for your long-term future. I get it. We're not talking about quarterbacks here. We're talking about wide receivers, edge guys, veteran players. They know they're in, or entering the end, the tail end of their career. That's the tail end of their earning potential for the most part. Yeah. Some guys will go on, have sponsorships. I understand that, but not everyone does. Not everyone's Shaquille O'Neal. Not everyone's that personable, right? Right. A lot of times, this might be it. Yeah, this is your opportunity to secure the bag. If you will. And so if DeAndre Hopkins understands this is probably his last contract, he's going to sign at least his last contract of substantial value. I don't know if him coming to a winning organization, if that's going to alleviate the issue for him of wanting to get more money in a new contract. That's where I'm out in DeAndre Hopkins.
Any yeah. other thoughts there? I agree 100% with you. First of all, i just start with the age. And then what you brought up, that would be the first question I'd ask somebody who is adamant about bringing in D-Hop. If they didn't do it with Tyreek Hill, who was 26, why would they do it with a 31-year-old? I, I, I don't see the logic there. Um, I, I don't know if I trust him to play all 17 games either. He was hurt the, the year before last, um, last year, suspended six games. Um, actually had him on my fantasy team, so I remember him missing two extra games with a hamstring. It, I, I don't know if I can depend on a 31-year-old. Yeah. And it's wild to think because y- you talk about it, and it's funny, me and Briscoe talked about it yesterday, So the, the aging process, right? So I'm 28, and you can tell you're already losing a step at times. <laughs> different for elite athletes, yeah. but it is one of those situations where it, it is noticeable, and you think 31 is so young, and in the grand scheme of life, 31 is extremely young, but in a game like football, in the NFL, that's the tail end, especially when you go position by position. Wide receivers, that's a fall-off age. That's when you're near in the end. Running backs typically don't see that age anymore. Right. You're, you know, some edge rushers are still there, like we saw with Carlos Dunlap, and Frank Clark's getting up there. But when you look at wide receivers, you start losing a step. Even elite guys. Jerry Rice was never the fastest guy, so I think that helped him ease into still being successful late in his career. But I don't know how many elite wide receivers there still are over the age of 31-plus. I don't know how old Devontae Adams is. I haven't gone through the list. This is just something that came off of the top of my dome right now. Devontae's 30. I'm just thinking of older wide receivers, and I think about Deshaun Jackson. But, yeah, he's not. He's no longer elite. He's He's been a journeyman. Sure. Um, yeah. And Devontae Adams is 30, and you, you I, I, yes, he's he is still elite. Yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. But, again, that, that seems to be the outlier, and, and do you want to be paying him 20-plus million at age 32, 33? Maybe. We don't know. It's just one of those situations where you have to take with a grain of salt, and I think the Chiefs did a good job last year. They made the tough decision of letting Traverius Ward, Tyron Matthew, Tyreek Hill go. They said, we're going to get younger. I think they're going to stick to that game plan. Yeah. They're going to develop guys. Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, we heard about already from the Combine when they spoke. I mean, the Chiefs front office spoke, Andy Reid and Brett Veach. They're going to see a bigger role next year. That's the plan. I don't see that changing. They're, they're going to bring in other wide receivers. I, I don't know if Justin Watson's going to be back. Our best bet, I think, and we'll get to in a second, is McCole Harmon's probably not back. There'll be guys, but I think they're also going to be rookies. I think we're going to see an influx in those guys. And don't forget Justin Ross. Justin Ross was so highly touted. All is quiet on that front. I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket. Yeah. If you think I'm putting all my eggs in that basket, no. I'll start getting into, into Justin Ross hype when I see him on an NFL field. Same way. I've seen him, you know, catch balls in the Chiefs social media in the practice dome, you know. I, I haven't seen him play football yet. Until we see that, I'm not going to get too hyped. But I, I do think it's at least something to, to monitor, something to watch. Right. And maybe they draft another first, second, third rounder. That wide receiver, that would not shock me at all. Yeah. Just, just keep – yeah, I mean, that's – Honestly, that's a smart philosophy. Just every year in the draft, get another weapon, see what Mahomes can do with it. If they've got a connection, you know, if they don't, picks don't always hit, like you said. Well, four to five years on a rookie contract, right. we've, ju- we've just been shown that Mahomes can make it happen. Right. 
He just showed he does not need elite guys. Now, when Travis Kelsey's gone, we can have that different. We can have a different conversation because I think that's a fair argument to make. He still has has Kelsey, mm-hmm. but D Hop, I don't think he's going to be outlasting Kelsey. I don't think all of a sudden we'll, we'll see Kelsey gone and D Hop still out there crushing it on the football field. I don't see that happening. Yeah. You got to find the younger guy, and that's through the draft. We'll take a quick break. Come back when we come back. We're going to talk about the free agent class for the Kansas City Chiefs. Home stretch here, ESPN Kansas City. Impeccable timing, Kyle, with Travis Kelsey set to be on Saturday Night Live hosting and just saw on the Chiefs account Creed Humphrey. Looks like he'll be making a special appearance on SNL, so watch out. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I was hoping he was going to have somebody as a guest there. I thought maybe Mahomes or Jason Kelsey. Sure. Creed Humphrey's. That's that's excellent. It's ideal. It's ideal. Yeah. Uh, let's get into it, because I, I do want to go through all of these. And, and again, we'll go into a lot of deep detail as the season goes on. I should say the off season goes on. But I'm going to leave Orlando Brown Jr. for last because, one, we talk about him probably the most, and I think he's the biggest name, the biggest name to get into. Um, so I want to give him uh, a little separate little separate equation here. Uh, let's get into Juju Smith-Schuster, okay? Juju Smith-Schuster had maybe the best team-friendly deal in the entire NFL's past offseason. It was a one-year just over $3 million after he hit all of his incentives. He got, what, close to 10 But it was incentive-laden. He had to sign this prove-it deal. Well, he proved it. He had a very nice year. Um, didn't quite eclipse 1,000 yards, but he was, he was damn close. I, I think he would have had, you know, he didn't have, get a concussion on a freak yeah. play. And I think that you want to say the knee, I'll, I'll entertain it, but it seems to me the biggest part was the, the concussion. Right. That's uncontrollable. That's not something that you you can just point to and say that's an injury prone situation. No, that was unfortunate. Um, Juju, though, looking at Spot Track, uh, they have his market value as four year, just over fifty eight million. So it breaks down breaks down to an AAV of fourteen point six million. His comps are Allen Robinson, uh, Hunter Renfro, Robbie Anderson, and Christian Kirk. This seems a little steep for me, but I also understand where the wide receiver market is going and where it's currently at. My prediction in five years, we see the wide receiver market drastically drop. We're going to start seeing more, not quite like running back, um, but I think the market's going to go like that. The prices will still be higher than running backs, but I think we're going to start seeing so many good wide receivers, so many rookie wide receivers making an impact, you're going to see teams like the Chiefs have done, say we're going to save 30 million, 25 plus million on an elite guy per year and fill a roster with young guys on rookie contracts. Yeah, and trust in our scouting skills and find players that fit. But you're finding rookies who can step up. The Chiefs typically don't like to have a whole bunch of rookies on the roster at least starting right, but you look around the NFL, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, Chris Olave. I mean, Chris Olave almost went under the radar, it felt yeah. like. Yeah. Over, over a K. Like, oh, yeah. like you're, you're looking at rookie wide receivers 
aren't even who are putting up incredible numbers hardly making a ripple in the news. Right. Because you can start finding them more and more often. So based on that, I think wide receiver markets will eventually start turning down, but that's not going to happen this offseason. It's going to take a few more years. So Juju at 14.6. It feels a little steep for us here in Kansas City, but I think that's a fair market value for him. Would you give him a four-year, $58 million contract, 14.6 AAV? Would you do that? I'm going to say no. Yeah. I know he's young. He's 26. Yeah. Um, but I just look back at his last two, three, four years. He's dealt with injuries each and every year. Um, and again, this year. Um, and if that knee is really been a problem, then, I, yeah, I don't see the Chiefs locking him up long term. My my question is, I don't know if he's a guy who now he's won a ring is going to take a little bit of a discount. I oh, hate yeah. I, I hate always saying, well, we'll take a team discount, as I, as I mentioned in the first segment, but I do think it's a little silly sometimes. I don't think it's always the case where, team, where players do that, okay? I just don't. But he has been very outspoken on Twitter, on TikTok. He's been getting into it even today with Darius Slay, A.J. Brown. And part of me thinks, if you're going to continuously get into it with these guys, you can't go to another team. Yeah, you got to stay winning. Yeah, You have to stay winning. You can't go and talk this smack, then go to the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> if Atlanta offers you that deal, but the Chiefs offer you four for 40, Mahomes or Desmond Ritter? I, I mean, again, that's a, that's a good chunk of change you're leaving on the table. Right. I'm, I'm not. That's 18 mil. Just this, the Chiefs, I think, would offer more than four for 40. I think it'd be maybe even less year. Maybe say it's three for three for 40. Right. That yeah, seems that'd realistic. Be what Allen Robinson got, I believe. Sure. The point is, if you're going to talk this though, that makes me believe he wants to be back here. I'm not going to say at all costs. But that does seem like a situation where he'd take a little less to stay here in Kansas City. The only thing I would say is he never got his big payday. He thought he was going to get it two years ago. Didn't happen. Last year, obviously, didn't happen. But he seems to enjoy winning a ring. He obviously, as much as I don't care for TikToks, especially his TikToks, I think it's... Yeah. I see your face. It's out I, there. I make the same one, yeah. I'm just sitting here going, who watches this? Yeah. <laughs> but but it's, I'm sure some money gets made from that. He's got a good following. Yep, he's got great exposure. Yeah. So if you're getting money off the field, you can maybe afford to take a little less on the field. I think Juju's back next year, but I don't think it's for for that that price. More in the line of that three for forty deal. Three for forty. About? Okay, that's my that's my gut estimate. That's what I would personally offer. I think he had a good connection with Mahomes, as we saw. Yep, it, he was a hard worker, and I know it sometimes gets thrown under the rug. You, you talk so much about his his chirping, his trash talk, his TikTok, which he really didn't do until after the season. Until concluded. after the season, which fine, go ahead. But the point is, he was a hard worker who shouted out. The um, the staff, the training staff a lot when he was injured, getting him back on the field. He fought through a lot of injuries. He went down early to practice with Mahomes, right? Remember that? And I think it was right. in Texas. Right. And it showed. They had the best connection of any wide receiver. That back shoulder throw, which takes years, typically years, to find that connection like that. In year one. 
year one. So I, I think there, there's something to that. And after going from Big Ben to Mahomes, you even heard in training camp last year, he, he was talking about the difference of how he's never ran this many routes before in his life because, frankly, some quarterbacks can't get the ball in those situations. Mahomes can. So again, I think Juju's back next year for a closer to 3 for 40, even though I don't disagree with the market value contract for him. Which was 4 for 58, you said? Yeah, 4 for 58, yeah. Uh, next guy on the list, Carlos Dunlap. I think he's gone. I like Carlos Dunlap. He had a very impactful year. If he wants to come back on a what he signed this year, his $3 million contract this year, I could see it. But I also see, in my opinion at least, Frank Clark being the next Carlos Dunlap, Melvin Ingram. Right. Frank Clark played 69% of snaps last year. He had five sacks. Now, I don't like always using counting numbers as the end-all, be-all, but if you play that many that many snaps next to Chris Jones in the emergence of George Karloftis, you, you, you got to get to the QB a little more. You, you, yeah, you have to. And Frank Clark's cap number this year? That's not going to happen. Yeah, it's getting it's getting it's getting redone. Uh, the cap it was twenty million. Twenty eight. Twenty eight million. It's getting re- restructured, or he's getting released. Right? Yeah. There, there's no talk. There's no doubt in our minds. I think it's going to be a restructure. I think he's back, and I think he eases into that veteran role that Carlos Dunlap played this year, and that Melvin Ingram played the year before. Mm-hmm. George Koloftis is entrenched now as a starter. Mike Dana needs to see an uptick in snap snap count. He does. Mike Dana is versatile. He played in the interior. He played on in the outside. I love Mike Dana. He was the unsung hero of this defensive line. Mike Dana is going to get more work. Not only that, you're going to draft a guy. We're not naive here. The Chiefs are drafting a guy yeah. probably very early on at edge to, to pair alongside Karloftis for the future. Right. Is Candover going to do anything? Is Malik Herring... Ever, ever going to do anything? I don't think so. But the point is, I think Frank Clark is going to be the veteran now. Right. So Not the veteran uh, starter, but the veteran guy who, uh, in obvious situations, you put him in. Yeah. And he's Clark, still good against the run as well. I'm not taking that yeah, away from Frank yeah. Clark. He's He had his best year here in Kansas City, maybe his most complete year. I just don't think he's going to be uh, a dude playing 69% of snaps next year, and his contract's going to reflect that. And that's also why I think Carlos Dunlap, again, on his way out. I can't believe Dunlap didn't retire after he got his 100th sack and got his ring. But, hey. Who knows? He still might. Yeah, that's true. But, but he, he, he showed he is still a little left in the tank. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know where he fits on this Chiefs team, this iteration of it as, again, a Chiefs team that's – focused on youth and it's crazy the Chiefs we talk about like they're rebuilding young team they just won the Super Bowl yeah the fact is they're they have a long window and they're trying to replace some of the older players and inject it with new youth and I think Dunlap's going to be a uh, roster casualty because of that as a new young guy comes in Derek Nottie I'll hit all three at once with you Derek Nottie Colin Saunders, and uh, Turk Wharton. You got three guys here. What are your thoughts on these three dudes? So Saunders is the one that's most interesting to me. Yep. Last year, I think we really saw kind of a breakout year for Saunders. Um, Naughty, I feel like that's a guy you can replace through the draft. Yeah. Um, But it just depends on 
what Saunders believes he's worth, uh, what other teams in the NFL think he's worth. I wouldn't – if it's like less than $8 million a year, I feel great sure. getting Saunders back. Um, and then, His spot track market uh, value is two-year – Twelve point eight, so six point four per season. Oh yeah, I love that. I'm in, but I don't know how much more I'm in for. We saw glimpses. We've not seen the consistency. Right. We've always seen glimpses from Colin Saunders. That's never been the that's never been the the um the issue. We saw a little more consistency this year, but still, we never saw the the sort of consistency that, that makes you think, oh yeah, he he's the starter alongside Chris Jones. He he can be there. Uh, the majority of snaps, and we feel fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. His athleticism is off the charts. The uh, Aaron Donald of the FCS was what his nickname was coming out of college. I mean, he's an athletic freak. But I need to see some more consistency. And if you're paying close to seven mil per season, you expect consistency. I I, I think he's back because I don't know if it, other teams are going to value it the same way. the The teams I'm nervous about would be a team like the Bears. Ryan Poles. Teams that have the former connection to these Chiefs players who have an obscene amount of cap space. Yeah. The Bears got a lot of cap space. If they want Colin Saunders and say, hey, if we miss, we miss. We have the money to make it work. They'll be fine with it. That's my only question is if he gets a crazy offer from a team like the Bears, would he go? Because the Chiefs wouldn't have the ability, in my mind, to pay him 10 plus million per season. While the Bears, they did. That's not going to be backbreaking for them. Right. And 10-plus million a season for Colin Saunders. He, he hasn't earned that yet. And just like you were talking about, the consistency. We haven't seen it yet. That, that market value contract, that's perfect. So I think Derek Noddy is gone. I think Derek Noddy had a fine traffic. He had a fine career here in Kansas City. But again, his skill set is more of a replaceable skill set. And we saw as the season went on, we saw uh, Brandon Williams. Right, the former Raven. Right, he started eating to a snap count. Uh, we we talked about Taylor Stallworth at one point in the offseason. We talked about uh, Danny Shelton, right? Because Derek Nottie's fine, but he's not some game changer at D tackle. He was fine stuffing the run, but even that was seemingly down this year. He never took that next step, and frankly, he was the only guy who didn't really improve under Joe Cullen. So because of that, I think I think they they walk on Derek Nottie, and then Turk Wharton. Was the third one. Turk Wharton's going to be 25 when the season starts. He's only 20, 24 right now, currently. I like Turk Wharton, but the injury is a major concern. I think the injury, though, also brings down his value. I don't see him getting a long-term deal anywhere. I think Turk Wharton is probably back just based alone on the injury. You feel bad for Wharton for that happening because he was starting to really come into his own. Turk Wharton was an interesting piece, but then you forgot about him. Yeah. Now, teams in the NFL won't forget about him. That's their job. Scouts, GMs in the front office, that's their job. They won't forget about him like how potentially we might because he didn't play. But Turk Wharton, there's going to be so much concern regarding his injury. It's going to drive his market down. And because of that, I think he returns to Kansas City. So I personally think he returns. Colin Saunders, I hope, returns. But I'm not, I'm not sure. And I think Derek Nottie is a, is a, is a walk. Yeah. Yeah, 100% agree there. Okay. Uh, Let's get into some offensive line. Three dudes, Andrew Wiley, Nick Allegretti, and then technically Prince Tega Winogo. 
Um, with Andrew Wiley, I'll start here first. I said all season long, and I'll say it again. You can win with Andrew Wiley as your starting right tackle. He got hated on so much, and I thought a lot of it was unfair. He was not paid to be an elite right tackle. He got paid last year $2.5 million. Yeah, we're not expecting Mitchell Schwartz. You're not. Him. And you're not paying him like he's Mitchell Schwartz. Right. But he did a great job, and as the season went on, he improved. I understand the pressure numbers were bad, but when you drop back to pass more than any other team in the NFL, and you play in the division that the Chiefs play in, the teams the Chiefs played against, you're going to give them some pressures. We know this. So, spot track, Andrew Wiley, three years, $14 million. I think it's low. I do, too. I think it's more than that. I, I, he did I, a great job in the playoffs. I think he gets... Um, I think it's closer to $7 million per season. Personally, I, I do. I, I think he becomes a starter somewhere as well. Like, the guy. There was still talk, even as the season went on, was it Niang? Was Darian Kennard going to take over? But Wiley held on. Yeah, and we could see another team value him more. The Panthers. <laughs> yeah. The Bears. I mean, seriously, there are teams that need tackle help and that will pay him. Cam Irving got two-year 10 mil. Wiley's getting over that. Yeah, I agree. Wiley, I think Wiley's closer to three-year 21, personally. Two-year 14, two-year 15. I think he gets close to that $7 million per, per season. I think he becomes a legitimate starting right tackle in the NFL. That's my thought on him. I like Andrew Wiley a lot. I wish him the best. I wish he would stay. But he's never made a lot of money in the NFL. You look at his career earnings... They're not high. It's less than $10 million. Yeah. So He is going to take a contract. He is going to be the starter, and he deserves to do so. Yeah, and if the Chiefs let him walk, then that tells me they're confident in either finding a replacement through the draft or Niang is finally ready. Yeah. Or maybe Kennard is developing quicker than most thought. My thought process at right tackle next year. Lucas Niang's probably the first in line. Yeah. You still have Kennard, who also was learning guard. They had him to, and I think more of that was versatility than anything because that's what they valued in Andrew Wiley. He played guard as well as right tackle. That's why I think another team, they can pay him the seven plus million because he will be having that versatility. Um, I think the Chiefs go with the veteran. I don't know if the Chiefs draft another right tackle after just drafting Niang, Kennard. You have two young guys. You'll probably get a guy on a contract like Andrew Wiley was this year, the one-year $2.5 million. Okay, That'd be my me- my best guess what happens at right tackle next year for the Chiefs. Uh, Prince Tegawanogo, uh, I'm not going to pretend like I have a strong thought either way. Um, I don't either. So he might be back, he might not, but I'm, I'm not going to pretend to say, like, yeah, I, I know Prince Tegawanogo's coming back. I know the Chiefs have a vested interest in him. I, I'm not going to lie, and so I don't know. That's where I'm on Prince Tegwanogo. Uh, then Nick Allegretti is an interesting one. Allegretti didn't play hardly at all this year, and when he did, though, he was good. Yeah, the game a- he played against the Rams, he stonewalled Aaron Aaron Donald the whole game. He's an excellent depth piece. He is an excellent depth piece. He brings a little nasty to this Chiefs offensive line. He has versatility of center and guard, which is why they chose him over guys like Andrew Blythe. Remember Andrew Blythe? Austin Blythe. There. Austin Blythe. Yeah. See, we don't even and Austin Ryder. Ryder, that's right, yeah. Both those guys, right? They trusted Allegretti in his versatility, uh, both center and guard. My one question about him is, is he going to get paid to be a starter on a team? And if he does, the Chiefs are going to 
let him walk. They love his versatility, but you can't pay two for ten. If that's what Cam Irving got, I don't know if he's going to get two for ten, but let's just say that's what, for using that as a baseline, Irving played tackle, but still it was a swing tackle situation. He wasn't as talented or as good, in my opinion, as Allegretti. Fatim pays two for, two for eight, even, for Allegretti, since he's, since he's an interior guy. Did the Chiefs match? Looking at past, past guys, past contracts, I don't think so. And I think at this point, Allegretti probably wants to start, you would assume. Yeah. I want Allegretti back. I don't think he's back. And that's going to be a big loss because you lose two massive, versatile depth pieces on your offensive line. And Wiley, who can play guard and tackle, and then Allegretti, who can play center and guard. That's two huge losses, two huge depth losses. And again, maybe they knew this all along, and that's why they were trying Kennard at right guard to see if he could get some versatility as well. Could be. But it's going to be interesting to see how the depth pieces for the O-line shakes out next year. Yeah. And the draft. They might go with a guy. Who knows? Yeah, they'll, they'll, some... they'll draft some guys, but my point is they, they might spend a higher-than-we-would-think draft pick on a guard, a center, or a versatile offensive line piece. Yeah. They've got some big decisions to make. Uh, in that, that little middle three, that left, center, right, guards in the center, they, I feel fantastic about that, right? Mm-hmm. The, the tackle situation is a bit worrisome to me. Yeah. Running backs, Ronald Jones, Jarek McKinnon, and then I'll throw in Mike Burton, the fullback, okay? Ronald Jones, gone, right? We we agree there? Yeah, yeah, he didn't provide a ton. Depth. At all. He, he was fine, he was depth. Yeah. By the way, Ronald Jones is 25. Wow, that's it? You would think he was 28. I, I feel like he... In his mind, he's going to play somewhere. He 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 cannot settle for another season as a depth piece. Correct. Correct. Uh, Jerry McKinnon going to be thirty-one, but I think he's back for a simple reason: is because he's going to be thirty-one. No team is going to break the bank for a thirty-one-year-old running back. Right. And not in every down back. The Chiefs can afford to be in the running for whatever his contract is going to be because it's not going to be very high. So I think McKinnon's back in Kansas City. I think they trust him enough. He brings a change of pace to Isaiah Pacheco, who's going to obviously, if we're assuming here, he's taking over as the uh, lead back next year for Kansas City with McKinnon as a change of pace guy. Yep. Kind of as we saw. uh, Connection with Mahomes. Yeah. Kind of as we saw at the end of the season. But I think in the regular season, we'll still see more Pacheco. We'll we'll see him grow as a pass catcher, and then we'll probably see play of time McKinnon back. That's what he does best. End of season playoffs, McKinnon time, that's when it starts. Um, and then I guess the other guy we didn't mention, he's not necessarily a free agent, um, Melvin Gordon. Ah, did forget about him. Yeah, practice squad guy, uh, you know, obviously brought from Denver when he got released. He was a strictly depth piece. I Maybe he gets a, I don't know what his market's going to look like. I wonder if he... Well, the Chiefs, the Chiefs stuck him on the practice squad. There were any other team could have signed him, picked yeah. him up. That's my point. Is do they, do they like having another veteran? But that's kind of your McKinnon role. Uh, if Clyde is gone, although he does obviously have a year left on his contract, that's be his fourth year. Yeah, <laughs> they're not paying. Newsflash: I'd be shocked if they picked up his fifth year option. But if they wanted to go a more veteran route with a guy who can do a little bit of everything, doesn't excel at one thing, but who can pass block. 
who can catch the ball in the backfield, you might go with Melvin Gordon, keep him as your third running back, or do what you did with Ronald Jones all season long. He's a practice squad stash guy. Mm -hmm. A guy, if someone goes down, you trust to get in the game who's not going to make a mistake. That'd be my best guess. Because, again, you're right. There's not a huge market for for Melvin Gordon. Same way, there's probably not going to be one for Ronald Jones. Uh, Michael Burton, uh, I would say he's gone, but uh, no. Uh, Andy Reid loves his six plays a season with fullback. Uh, He does play special teams. Michael Burton... He'll be the guy next year. I, If it were me, constructing a team, I would use a tight end in that role because you don't use fullback that often. Yeah. That gives you some roster flexibility, especially since we've seen Noah Gray and Jody Fortson improve blocking. You think that makes some sense, but they like the traditional fullback. Michael Burton's a fullback. They have a connection. I think he's back. Yep. Uh, getting into safety. Deion Bush, Juan Thornhill. Now Thornhill, Deion Bush depth piece. I I I couldn't tell you if I remembered him playing or not. He was a special teamer for Big the most part. Teamer. Came from Chicago. Uh, I thought he was going to get more run actually earlier on in the season, but then Brian Cook kind of took over, and Brian Cook did a fine job. Right, and Thornhill obviously the big one. Um, I I do not know what to make of Juan Thornhill's season. I felt there were times the secondary of him and Reed they struggled at times, but that they also had strong playoffs. What worries me is what an, another team might value Juan Thornhill as. What's interesting with Juan Thornhill is early on in the season, he was clearly, in my mind, the weakest point on the defense. But as the season progressed, he and Justin Reed found a good connection. Juan Thornhill is not the best safety in the NFL. He's, he didn't live up to his all-pro moniker he gave himself heading into the year. But he was not a liability. I don't know what his contract's going to look like. The Chiefs use a lot of three safety looks. They like veterans at safety particularly. We know that. That's why they held on to uh, Dirty Dan for as long as they did. They got every ounce of tread left off those tires before they finally walked away. Brian Cook's going to get a lot of run. And Thornhill, 27. um, I don't know if I see a long-term deal. No, no, no. It wouldn't be long-term. I, I, I think two years. Okay. I, I, I just don't... I don't know how much he's going to get on the open market. His injury, and I feel horrible because he was off to a torrid start here. Yeah. And then the injury happened, and he's not been the same. Yeah, I agree. It sucks. You hate seeing that happen. I'm not saying he was Eric Berry to start his career by any means, but he was off to a very good start. Slow down. I would like Juan Thornhill back. It all depends on what the open market holds for him. Right. Again, I, I feel like a lot of people are, are like all, already saying he's he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. Walk, walk, walk. I just don't think it's that cut and dry. Uh, I do think Brian Cook gets a lot more play. Uh, I, I bet they draft a safety as well. They probably will have four safeties like they did this year with Deion Bush being the fourth guy. They'll probably go with a rookie, though. Uh, I just don't think it's... It's all but said that Thornhill's not coming back because I think there is a, a pretty good case scenario that he is back here in Kansas City, even if he's getting less snaps back there. Uh, Tommy Townsend is an interesting one. So Tommy Townsend is a free agent. Uh, he's actually a restricted free agent, too. One of the uh, two restricted free agents on the, on the Kansas City Chiefs, including Turk Wharton. But with Tommy Townsend, 
he was an all-pro, maybe the best punter in the NFL this year for Kansas City, huge leg. But my concerns are holding, which is minor, but he's going to probably want to get paid like the highest punter in the NFL, and for good reason. The Chiefs don't punt a lot. The Chiefs also made a decision a few years a few years back when Dustin Colquitt was still solid to release him over $1 million. That tells me they're probably not going to make him the highest paid punter in the NFL. Yeah. That tells me they're probably not going to pay good money for a punter. And the argument being, they don't have to punt that much. They developed Tommy Townsend. That has to count for something. But... When the Chiefs were so bad, you might as well pay Colquitt because he was your secret weapon. While you can say Tommy Townsend is a secret weapon, you don't use him enough to where it really comes into play. Yeah, I like Tommy Townsend. I hope he's back. But if he wants to, and I, I think, again, deservingly so, wants to be one of the highest paid punters in the NFL, if you're the Chiefs and I'm the guy in charge, I'm saying, no, you, you, you can't. Yeah, if somebody offers him something that's that you just don't feel comfortable match it, then the Chiefs don't match it. I'm going to look up highest salaries for punters right now. Let me see what what, what it looks like. 4.5 million, 3.85 for Brian Anger, Jake Bailey's 4.5, Johnny Hecker 3.1, Michael Dickinson 3.1. So you're probably looking around, let's just say four. Yeah. I know it's not a lot in the grand scheme of things, but again, you cut Dustin Colquitt, who was still a fine punter for $1 million in savings. If they operate like that at punter, you'd think Tommy Townsend could be a, a roster casualty. Yeah. I hope he's back. Yeah, I do too. He brings a, he brings a he's a, obviously a great teammate. He brings some swagger. We'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, and then finally, two tight ends I want to get to before we go to break. Uh, Jody Fortson. Blake Bell. I think Blake Bell, we saw he's not coming back. I like Blake Bell for what he brought to the team, right? He was the best blocking tight end on the Chiefs, maybe one of the best blocking tight ends in football. But the fact he was a healthy scratch in the playoffs, that that tells you everything. Yep. He was a healthy scratch against two teams with elite pass rushers, and they still said, nah. Yeah, we got got Noah Gray and Fortson. We feel comfortable with these guys. But Jody Fortson... Jody Fortson's interesting. Fortson's not going to command a lot of money because of his injury concerns. He's improved year over year, and I think he's back in Kansas City. I just don't think he's ever going to get a large contract here. Yeah. So he's already 27, and he can't stay healthy. You, you, you feel horrible for him. I think Noah Gray now is firmly entrenched as your number two tight end. Um, Noah Gray's improved. He's starting to see more and more snap counts. Jody Fortson at times flashes, but we've not seen enough consistent flash as well as the injury to say for to keep him on the field. I think Jody Fortson's now entrenched as your third tight end. If the Chiefs want to keep four. Maybe you see, uh, you know, Bushman, who was a practice squad guy back. Maybe you do see uh, Blake Bell back. But when it came down to it in the playoffs, game on the line, what happened? They went with three. They are very good at, at 12 personnel, 13 personnel. They like using two and three tight end sets. They'll probably keep four tight ends for the regular season, but I don't know if Blake Bell is going to be that guy. Let's take a quick break. Come back. Home stretch here, ESPN, Kansas City.
Welcome back to the home stretch, ESPN Kansas City. Chiefs lost wide receiver Marcus Kemp to the Washington Commanders. Looks like he will be joining forces with former OC Eric Bieniemy out there in Washington. Uh, not a huge surprise that Bieniemy wants to get some guys, some of his own dudes from Kansas City, out there to Washington. Uh, Marcus Kemp was a great glue guy, coming up huge in the playoffs with that massive catch when it seemingly everyone else went down with injury. Marcus Kemp, also a special teams uh, superstar. Obviously, we know how much Dave Tobe liked and kept Marcus Kemp around, even throughout multiple injuries to Kemp. They kept him around because they knew his value on special teams. Uh, I don't know if it's a big loss for the Chiefs. It's a big loss for Tobe. I think it's a good get for Washington, getting the winning culture set up there in Washington. Um, I like Marcus Kemp. I had a chance personally to meet him, not just meet him. I actually played basketball with him. Uh, When I moved back from Philly, uh, I was playing basketball at Lifetime. And I was like, like, damn, this dude's good at ball. We were playing ball at Lifetime. We were running five-on-five. Actually, Jeff Chadia was was there, too. If you know Jeff Chadia, you know NFL Network. Uh, Didn't know who he was at the time, either. (laughs) We are playing ball. It was me, Jeff Chadia, Marcus Kemp, just a whole bunch of other guys just at Lifetime. And I remember turning to Jeff, and I was like, dude, that guy's good at ball. He's like, that's Marcus Kemp. You know, he plays for the Chiefs. At the time... Uh, you know, you know the name, but you're like, when you wear helmets all the time, and you're not Patrick Mahomes right. or Travis Kelsey, it's tough to really. I'm like, that makes way more sense. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, yeah, no wonder he's good at basketball. He was getting up there, throwing it down, but he was so nice. Um, I, I just, I, I like that. You know, people who are athletes, but also very nice and humble human beings. So I always rooted for his success, especially when coming back from injury. So I'll root for him and Eric Bieniemy out there in Washington. Uh, so the Chiefs will have a special teams loss. You know Dave Tobe right now. Has anyone checked on Dave Tobe? No, Kemp? Uh-oh. And we lost Lamonts too. And Lamonts. Uh-oh. Dave Tobe, what's he going to do? I don't know. To tell Brett Veach, give me some more guys. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go play darts and crush sh- some brews tonight. Dive bar guy. It's a dive bar Friday. Come on now. Oh, yeah. Dive bar Friday. It's where Great it's at. Out too, yeah. uh, this is the home stretch here. ESPN Kinnis will be back live in studio on Monday, 3 to 4 p.m., talking Royals, Chiefs, college basketball, and much more. Until then, we are out. <laughs>